Now for this month's special series on ReachMD, focus on future medicine. We're looking ahead to pivotal breakthroughs and technologies that will transform healthcare in the coming years. Though practicing clinicians have long played an important role in medical research and advancing medical treatments, their position in the laboratory has changed dramatically in recent years. But is the future of the physician-scientist in danger? You're listening to ReachMD Radio, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, your host, and joining me today is Dr. Andrew Schaefer. Dr. Schaefer is chairman of the Department of Medicine at Weill Cornell Medical College and physician-in-chief of the New York Presbyterian Hospital, Weill Cornell Medical Center in New York. He is board-certified in hematology and oncology and an authority in the areas of thrombosis, coagulation, platelet and bleeding disorders. He has authored more than 200 articles and has authored a half a dozen books, mainly in the field of hematology. Dr. Schaefer received his bachelor's from Northeastern University in 1969, his medical degree from the University of Pennsylvania in 1973. He completed his residency in internal medicine at the University of Chicago and his clinical and research fellowships in hematology at the Brigham and Women's Hospital and Harvard Medical School, where he later joined the faculty. He joins us today from his offices in New York City. Dr. Andrew Schaefer, welcome to ReachMD Radio, the channel for medical professionals. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, this is a rather interesting body of work that you've done in this area. I think when people, generally the average consumer or people, when they think of development of drugs, they see that a doctor is involved, they just naturally assume that it's a, a physician researcher. Tell us a little, little bit about your work and how that has changed. Well, I think you're completely correct. I think much of the lay public and even some of the medical profession itself is not entirely sure what we mean by the term physician scientist. And so let me just to take a second to define that. I mean, physician scientists have really existed since literally antiquity. And over the ages and generations, they have contributed and, and, and actually still continue to contribute an extraordinary proportion of what is our current body of knowledge of medicine. These are physicians holding MD degrees uh, and practicing clinical medicine who have chosen to and, and who have been trained to also at the same time conduct serious medical research. And the kinds of research that they do can range from the most basic fundamental laboratory research in molecules and genes to all the way to what we call translational research, which is translating those basic science discoveries to be new treatments and new ways to diagnose diseases, to all the way to conducting clinical trials on actual patients of new therapies, and then even population-based research like epidemiology and outcomes and quality of care research. So it's the whole spectrum, and they do both. They, they practice medicine, and they do research, and they also do some teaching. And so these physician scientists really uh, you know, bring to the medical research enterprise a unique perspective, and that is the perspective of asking questions about health and disease, which are based directly on their own personal experiences and caring for patients. And in fact, they really represent that vital link between the basic sciences and the clinical practice of medicine. And I think the bottom line is that there is strong evidence today and increasing concern that the workforce of these physician scientists is rapidly aging and possibly disappearing. And if that happened, 
that vital link, that lifeline between basic science research and clinical practice, you know, which is already very frayed, would be broken. Yeah, that we bring up an interesting point, too, because nothing against the PhDs out there that are doing a lot of work on drug development and so forth, but by their very nature, they're not dealing with patients from the early days of medical school and on through residency. I mean, you're talking several years. That's correct. But I think it's important to emphasize that the PhD biomedical researcher is at least as important as the physician scientist. I'm not in any way saying that they're not, especially if we can form effective teams, they become indispensable. The difference is that we tend to come at problems from a different vantage point so that physicians tend to have questions that are asked based on their practice of medicine and then they want to solve those problems by finding whatever techniques or methods are needed, whatever experiments are needed to actually solve the problem that they're asking. PhD scientists tend to go in the other direction, which is they develop new techniques, new methods, new ways of assaying things. Then, not having the clinical experience, they are looking for clinical applications of those discoveries. So the two constituencies actually meet, and they, they, they're very synergistic. Now, how did we get to this point where physician scientists, I know from just in my many years writing about the economic side of healthcare, and I'm sure you experienced this, where physician researchers are sort of under more pressure to be part of the business enterprise of a teaching hospital and see more patients. That's been a controversial story right in our own backyard in Chicago. Is that part of this? I mean, is it economic? Is that how we got to this point? Or I think that's a very important part. I think there's several factors. Certainly the breathtaking pace and the scope of progress in biomedical science in the last few decades, coupled with the equally breathtaking pace of changes in the practice of medicine in this generation, have pretty much outstripped the capacity of any human individual physician scientist to maintain even the, even the semblance of currency in both arenas simultaneously. So it's, it's simply a matter of whether someone can do part-time biomedical research and part-time clinical practice today, which many people could do in previous generations. And it probably varies from institution to institution depending on what the emphasis is, how well-staffed they are. It does, absolutely. And it, it, it depends on the specialties that the, that the physician practices and things of that sort. And you're completely correct. The economic realities in academic medicine, which means medical schools and teaching hospitals, is that there is increasing pressure to be more productive clinically and to spend more time on clinical practice, which of course is very enjoyable and gratifying to most of us, all of us hopefully, but it does detract from our ability to focus on the scientific enterprise. Well, if you're just joining us, or even if you're new to our channel, you're listening to ReachMD Radio, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, your host, and I'm so pleased to have with me Dr. Andrew Schaefer, who is the chairman of the Department of Medicine at Weill Cornell Medical College and physician-in-chief at New York Presbyterian Hospital, Weill Cornell Medical Center in New York. And we're talking about some work he's done in areas of research, and we're talking about the endangered future of the physician-scientist. Now, what is a physician-scientist? It's a practice practicing clinician who has historically played a central role in research and advancing breakthrough treatments uh, from smallpox to cholera, heart disease, and cancer, yet there are fewer of these. And I wanted to ask uh, Dr. Schaefer, did healthcare reform, is it going to do anything to spur interest in this area? I, I think to some extent it will because a, a centerpiece of healthcare reform 
is going to be a specific kind of research called comparative effectiveness research, which is really the the kind of research where we directly compare one form of treatment, for example, with another form of treatment to see which is not only which is more effective, but which is more cost effective. And the same for diagnostic tools. So there's going to be a, a new thrust in the biomedical research enterprise. It's more practical and immediately clinical. So I think there will be, hopefully, uh, infusion of new funds, federal funds, into doing that kind of medical research. And because when you think about it, I mean, it's the practicing clinician that is usually where the problem with the device or the drug happens. I mean, that's where the patient experience is. And if you don't have these people kind of delving in to see what's right or what's wrong, one would think this could be a good thing in preventing injuries and saving some lives. Absolutely. And you can imagine, again, this is where the the future of medical research and the future viability of physician scientists really depends, which is teamwork. Because if you have just physicians doing research in comparative cost effectiveness, then they may not have the mathematical tools, you know, the computational biology, the statistical tools to be able to analyze those clinical questions Conversely, if you only have PhD scientists doing comparative effectiveness research, they will be brilliant statisticians and computational biologists uh, and yet not be able to directly apply to clinical practice. It has to be a, a team. Now, is there anything that medical schools need to do to gain interest, to get interest uh, from young people going into medicine that they would want to be a physician scientist? How would that all play out? Is that, is that an issue? It's a huge issue. And, and I think, in fact, the, the, the biggest responsibility for maintaining the viability and vigor of the physician scientist career path is, lies in medical schools. First of all, we have in medical schools a major wonderful development, which is the uh, emergence of women as physicians, so that today more than 50% of medical school graduates are women. This is a dramatic change from even 10 or 20 years ago, and we know that women are, for a variety of reasons, women physicians do not find research careers to be really particularly hospitable, partly because they have different lifestyle needs, they have different uh, work-life balance priorities, they don't necessarily have the corporate ladder mentality of previous uh, generations, and then, of course, they don't have women physician scientists role models. So if we lose this extraordinary intellectual firepower of women physicians graduating from medical schools today who are not going to do research, I think it's going to be um, a critical problem. Are there any examples out there across the country, maybe at, at your university medical center or elsewhere, where they're trying to spur interest or perhaps things that, that, that they have done to spur interest in uh, someone wanting to become a physician scientist or just focusing the attention on the issue? There are initiatives. They are, at this point, very weak initiatives. But in our institution and others, uh, we've tried various types. For example, one of the key issues is an economic one, and that is that uh, physician scientists uh, in academic medicine, in medical schools and teaching hospitals, have to compete for research grants through an increasingly unpredictable federal and private funding climate. And without those research grants, there is no research support, and there's not even salary support for these physician scientists. So the increasing indebtedness of medical school graduates, which can often accumulate above $200,000, makes the uncertainty of getting research grants too risky, 
And these individuals who have tremendous potential for research end up going into uh, more secure career options that are available to them. And if we can bridge these uh, young uh, future physician scientists with some security during this vulnerable period between training and the start of faculty careers, as many of us are trying to do, then I think we have some chance in, in capturing them. Well, that's great. So how dangerous could this become if we don't have physician scientists? Well, I think the sort of the doomsday scenario, if you will, is that the physician scientists will disappear. We're going to have practicing clinicians exclusively, and they're not going to be engaged in research in any way. And the medical research enterprise will become totally detached from clinical practice. It will tremendously retard the progress of medical research at that point. Um, I don't think it's going to get to that. I I think what has to happen is that there has to be a radical change in how physician scientists work and PhD scientists, and they have to work in teams, which they haven't been accustomed to working in before. They have to be partners. We have to have mobile teams that have various expertise as part of the team, and the, the era of the single individual research scientist, I think, is one that's gone. Well, with that, I would like to thank Dr. Andrew Schaefer, who has been our guest, and we have been calling attention to the issue of the endangered future of the physician scientist. It's an area of concern to the medical community and should be to uh, patients and their physicians at large, and we are so happy to have had Dr. Andrew Schaefer of Weill Cornell Medical College and Physician-in-Chief of the New York Presbyterian Hospital, Weill Cornell Medical Center in New York as our guest today talking about this important topic. It's been a pleasure. I'm Bruce Japson, and I've been your host, and you've been listening to ReachMD Radio, the channel for medical professionals. ReachMD, online, on demand, and on the air. Please visit us at ReachMD.com. And I'd like to thank you today for listening. You've been listening to this month's special series, Focus on Future Medicine. For a program guide and a complete list of shows, please visit us at ReachMD.com.